Welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. Please stay tuned after the show for The Messy Bulletin Board, a segment where we promote our fellow creators. On today's show, we will be talking about establishing effective work habits to reach your creative goals. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about success and uh, setting goals and and what kind of daily habits are effective uh, for actually reaching your goals. Sure. It's a good topic. I mean, everyone's concerned about this kind of thing. So, um, you know, we we talked about doing this and I thought – uh, what, what's already out there? Kind of, you know, what is the advice that people might be reading online? And so I, I googled it, uh, something like, you know, habits of successful artists or something. And there really is a lot of advice out there. And so, but but as I read it, I thought, well, you know what, I don't actually agree with all this. And so I thought that I might take a little bit different tack on it and and sort of put in my own opinions about things, uh, because I find that, uh, you know, in general, if you're trying to follow a bunch of advice, it can be really stressful. And you think, well, I'm not doing this right, or this isn't, this is uh, too difficult to to work into a new habit. So my, my general take on this is that you probably, there are probably things you can tweak there are probably things that you're already doing that are really good. And there may be things that other people tell you that just don't fit for you. And that, and that you can, you can still be very effective in your work without following all that advice that's out there. <laughs> so um, I guess I'd just like to kind of go through some of the things that are generally told to artists and discuss them a little bit. So one of the first things is many people will say you you should paint or whatever your creative work is, you should do this every day. You should always be in your studio every day. And I have found in talking to people in my workshops and to friends that this can really cause anxiety because it's it's kind of unrealistic for a lot of people it's uh, maybe, you know, you have a have a day job, maybe you're caring for little kids, whatever it is, you may not be able to work every single day. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to be uh, focused on your work when you are there or that you're not, you know, doing the right things because you just have to make make whatever time you have work for you. And so and the other thing about that is sometimes I really believe people need to get away from it to to put to put the paintings aside for a few days and get away and it's sure. just like you don't any, want to burn out you want to be able to maintain your perspective on your work right and it's like it's like any work that you do you have to have a break from it sometimes whether it's a regular job or anything i mean yeah like you say you can burn out on you can stop seeing it effectively and so i think being sensitive to when you're feeling like you need a break is a good thing and and not worry if it's a few days. Um, I have had people say, well, I don't like that because maybe if I leave the studio, I'm never coming back or something. And, you know, 
it's very personal. Everybody has uh, their own habits that will work for them. And if you feel that you really have to be there every day, that's fine. You know, but I'm just kind of saying that particular bit of advice can be really hard to follow. Sure. I, I do think that maybe it might be, it's kind of like setting a goal that you know is a little bit unrealistic. It's a little bit out of reach. Um, but you set that goal and if you get close to it, then you're still establishing an effective habit. You know, you're, yeah. maybe you're not going to be in the studio every day, but if you're in there, you know, uh, six days a week, you know, it's hard to be in the, in the studio six days a week and not be creating. <laughs> well, it's a good point. And, and I know what you're saying. It's not a bad ideal at all, but I think to not be too critical like when of people yourself. treat it like gospel it becomes a, a source of stress rather than kind exactly. of just a good habit to get into yes yeah, so a good a good sort of general idea that yes most days at least you're going to be working but um yeah when it when it becomes very hard line uh and and causes anxiety i i don't think it's very good advice um so another one that you often hear is don't overthink your work don't um you should always be in a sort of a loose state of mind and very open and again kind of unrealistic really and frustrating if if you feel like you're not getting there with that and it, it's not something that comes naturally to everyone and it, it's really great you know when you're in the flow of spontaneity and and you're very loose and it's just happening but I guess um, it's also okay to have times when you're doing a lot of thinking about your work, and it's also probably necessary uh, to evaluate your work. And if you just find that you're a more thinking kind of person, you're a little more intellectual or something, that's not a bad thing. You know, that's just part of who you are and the way that you work. And we're all different in that amount of um, sort of free flow that we can get into and and so again, I've you know I've talked to artists that are just oh I just I'm just always in my head I'm just always overthinking, and I feel like okay that's a place to start from. You can certainly try to practice being a little more open, but we are who we are, and I I think trying to find ways to work with that is better than fighting something. It's probably a pretty basic personality trait. Do you have any tips for how to get into that kind of flow and that mindset where creating becomes easier uh, and not so much of a struggle? Well, I kind of wish I did, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, honestly, it seems to This just is what be happens certain... when I don't submit topics to you ahead of time and That's <laughs> just right. kind of go with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I I would say the same thing. It just it, it's almost certain days um, for myself, certain days, I feel like I just step into that right away and it's wonderful. And I think most artists will relate to this day-to-day changes because another mm-hmm. day I might go in and feel like I'm doing nothing good. I Sometimes I think I'm doing more harm than good today. <laughs> when that happens, do you just kind of walk away and take a break or do you have right. some kind of ritual that you can engage in to kind of help you establish that the the right kind of mindset or the a music that you listen to or no and uh, you know i i think my strategy really is go have a cup of coffee or something i mean, i just just take a break and <laughs> take a break you're right and i'll i'll talk a little bit more towards the end of the podcast about some of the things that 
that I do that I feel are helpful for me. But I always want to preface that by saying it's what works for me. And I, I mean, I think if I have any basic advice in this podcast, it's be yourself, listen to yourself and work with what works for you. So um, other people can only say what works for them, really. So another thing that you often hear along, it goes kind of along with don't overthink is don't overwork. Don't be too perfectionistic. Uh, Let things go. And this is an interesting one because it means different things to different people. What is perfectionism? Is it just holding yourself to a high standard? Is it saying, well, whatever, I'm moving on and not really caring how it ends up? And again, personality, what you know, what's what's the right thing for you? What what makes sense to you when you're working? Is it better to put something aside that isn't really perfect? Or do you like to work on something until it feels really, really right? And it can, perfectionism that really binds you up or puts you into a block, that's not good. And it's something to try to avoid if you find that that's what happens. But I don't think there's anything wrong with being particular about your work. And in my own work, as it reaches the final stages, I get fairly picky. And I'll I'll make little, small changes, nuances, adjustments. Maybe for an entire day, I'll fool around with something like that. And I, I feel like everything I'm doing is kind of helping it get a little more like me, a little bit more like my work. I'm putting my kind of final stamp on it. And so I consider that an important part of my process. Now, somebody else might look at that and say, oh, come on, leave it alone. You know, you're just fussing with it. So it's, it's just whatever works for your process. It's not a, it's not someone else for someone else to judge whether you are too picky or particular about your work. And I think it's it's an important part of the creative process to kind of figure out that it's okay or how you feel about those kind of nuances and tweakings and things. Sometimes in my own work, I will completely change a painting that was nearly done and I'll I'll start working on it again and it becomes a completely different painting. And sometimes that's a hard moment and I think, oh, what have I done? But I always have this thing in my head is like, well, there was a reason you went back into that painting. It wasn't quite right. And so it entered a phase that was back to work, back to the drawing board almost, you know, and now it's come out again in the end and I like it better. So that's the usual cycle that I go through <laughs> and perhaps a result of being perfectionistic about it. Well, everything you do has to has to represent you in the end. You know, if you can't look at it and say, this is really a, pro- a product that I can be proud of, then you probably shouldn't put it out there. You should probably go back to the drawing board and, and tweak it a little bit more. And, you know, the, the danger is that you kind of stagnate and you never put work out. Um, right. But I guess you got to just kind of work work with your own space and, and what you're comfortable with and uh, figure out where that line is for you. Um, and, uh, and I suppose it's always helpful to bring in an outside perspective as well, if you're really not sure whether something is, is good enough to put out there or not. Yeah, I can see that that would be helpful. Although it always does, 
get down to yourself. And no, I agree, it's good to get feedback. And if you were to look at yourself and say, you know, I have a pattern of being so perfectionistic that I can't finish anything, I can't get stuff out there, then that's something to address. And and there may be different solutions to that, one of which might be telling yourself that for a period of time, you're just going to work and you're not going to show it to anyone and you're not going to put it on Facebook and you're not going to try to get exhibits or anything. A lot of times artists have to go through a period where they kind of just go into themselves for a little while and that that can help because you're only painting for yourself. You're not worried what anyone else will think of it. It can be very freeing. On the other hand, some people overcome perfectionism or that stagnation is what I'm talking about here where you can't seem to finish anything. Some people respond very well to deadlines and so having something lined up or a show can can push you into saying, okay, uh, I'm going to finish this now. So again, what works for you? And I'd say if you're more, if you're in a phase in your work where you're sort of changing and there's a transition going on, that's actually a really good time if you can sort of clear your schedule and not not worry about uh, having to exhibit it or anything for a little while and just work it through. So um, again, individual solutions for different people and being aware that perfectionism in and of itself isn't terrible. It's There's different ways to look at it. So um, another thing I wanted to address was that a lot of advice articles talk about sticking to a routine in terms of time when you paint um, time of day what what time of day works best for you are you a morning person are you an afternoon person that kind of thing and you know I think that's basically fine advice uh, but again if you take it too literally it can stand in your way of taking advantage of the times that you do have saying I'm a morning person so there's no way I'm going to paint after supper yeah, you know, you might miss out on a really good opportunity there. And so for myself, I find that it works, it varies quite a bit from day to day, what what time works best for me. And like you're talking earlier, uh, having a bad day, and I might just take a break. It might be that that particular morning or afternoon just wasn't working for me. But if I came back later in the day, it might be fine. And so basically don't take that one too literally. There's nothing wrong with kind of his general advice, I think. But don't put yourself in a box. I can only speak for myself, but, um, you know, when I when I need to step away from something and take a break, I try to stay in my workspace. Um, so I'll, if I want to have a cup of coffee, I'll have a cup of coffee, you know, in my office area or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I will keep the work that I was working on you know, present. And, you know, it, it, I, I feel that, uh, you know, a lot of times just kind of being in the space, but not being focused on the work, maybe it's your subconscious mind is still working on it or something. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, just kind of uh, boredom tends to take over, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, so, and sometimes boredom can be effective because you start thinking about, well, maybe if I do this with it, maybe if I do that with it. And sometimes that, mm-hmm. that kind of hyper-focus on the problem isn't really as effective as just kind of stepping back and relaxing and, you know, having a cup of coffee and just taking a minute, but not leaving the workspace, 
you know, staying there, right. staying present. You know, if you're in your studio, maybe, and your studio is messy, then, you know, maybe spend some time just <laughs> really? cleaning up a little bit or, or, you know, working on just kind of mundane tasks, you know, and then eventually you look back at your painting or whatever you were working on and say, well, maybe if I do this with it. Yeah, no, that's, that's really, that's really good. And I think that works sometimes. Um, it's, it's another thing that, that people, offer as advice is even if you can't paint or whatever it is you do in your studio or your workspace, at least be in there for a little bit. And I think that's pretty good advice. I mean, uh, one of the things I might do if I'm a little stuck or kind of at a stopping point is I have a lot of art books sitting around and I'll just kind of flip through them and something will jump out at me and I'll, I'll spend a little time looking and it's not a, it's not a real research or study or concentrated reading time. It's more browsing. And sometimes that'll really kind of flip a switch and I see, Oh, okay. I'm ready to paint again. So, um, I agree. It's, it's nice to stay in the zone somehow, even if you do need a break. Um, so another another one that people talk about in the advice lists of things is to have rituals and starting routines and something to give you a transition into your creative mode or your working mode. And there's a lot of people that swear by this. And I say, excellent, that's great. Um, some people do things like meditate or light a candle or do some kind of exercise or something. They write something, read something. Sure. This is what I was talking about earlier, putting on a piece of music, something Mm -hmm. that, that kind of a ritual that, that Mm -hmm. brings you into the, the correct mind space. And so if you find that that works for you, that's great. I mean, that it's so individualized, whether that is something that you want to do that fits you, that you need to do, other people just come in and work and i mean i i don't find that personally i need a ritual i i just come in and like right away i just want to start painting so who knows you know it's it's just um it's helpful to understand if you do need something like that figure out how to work it in or you do want something like that so but if you, you know, you don't need to force it. And if you read in, in a list of advice that says, well, you should have a ritual and you don't have a ritual, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could, tr- you could try it if it's a problem for you to start working. That's a good thing to try. But if you're doing okay without it, you don't need one. <laughs> well, I think that what a lot of people struggle with is we, we touched on perfectionism, which is, which is also a big thing that people struggle with, but um, procrastination just putting things uh-huh. off, you know, not mm-hmm. being able to, to, and that's, I think that that's what a lot of these kind of tips are focused on is like, just go into the space, you know, go into the studio, you know, mm-hmm. establish a, a, a habit where you go in there every day, even if you're not working, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that it's one of the things that people, that is the biggest, the biggest hurdle for people to get over um, mm-hmm. And, you know, what I see a lot of times when I'm talking with with other people who are entrepreneurs, for instance, um, you know, they'll have an idea for a business and they'll require, you know, X dollars for startup costs. They need this piece of equipment or whatever it is that they need in order to start this business. And and I'm always telling them, 
just start with what you have, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, that's that's great. You have an idea for what to do when you have ten thousand dollars to invest in a business. But how how do you get from from where you are now to there? You know, you you need to make that ten thousand dollars. You know, how, how how do you get there? You know, let, let's start with an idea that that makes you a thousand dollars. You know, let's and, right. and and go from there and expand and and eventually you get to the point where you're, okay, I know what to do with my ten thousand dollars now. It's not just sitting in the bank, you know. But you know, and I see that with artists too. Yeah, and you learn a lot on the way to having that situation that you prefer or that you're trying to get to, and all that stuff is helpful and. You know, sure. that, that's a that's a huge form of procrastination. <laughs> yeah. Well, the perfect set of circumstances doesn't just fall in your lap. You have to no, you have to work for it. It doesn't. And I think I think in general. Procrastination or avoidance behavior. It's about fear. It's about I don't I don't think I'm quite ready for this. I, I don't know what's going to happen. And so. If there's something that you need to do on a daily basis to overcome that that uh, avoidance or fear in the studio, by all means, figure it out. What What is it that will calm you down, bring you focus? And it works in the bigger picture as well. And I think uh, a little later in the podcast, I'll talk a little bit more about setting goals and so on, which I think is a lot to do with what you're saying there. So um, I just kind of want to talk about a few more of these kind of common advice things. Um, And this actually goes right along with what you were just saying, that a lot of people will advise that your studio should be set up in a certain way, like you have the right materials and tools, they're handy, the right kind of lighting, the right kind of table, whatever. And, you know, in our own book, Jerry and I talk about setting up a studio in, in a rather ideal way. I mean, these are goals, like you said earlier, that you can work towards, but if you don't have the right height table or the right lighting or something, you know, it doesn't, it shouldn't stop you from working. And so I think it's good to, good to know what you want in your studio as far as setup. It's good to work towards it, start acquiring things, but that really can lead to procrastination. You keep waiting till everything's perfect. And, um, you know, maybe, oh, if I only had more paint or a certain color or something, I would I would be able to paint now. <laughs> Work with what you have. It's just uh, start w- with what you have. And, and don't worry if it's not the perfect setup. And, and finally, the last thing that also goes along with this one is that you should keep things in your studio, neat, organized. Everything's at hand. You know where everything is. And, of course... Like, this is the Messy Studio podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So on a personal level, I don't find that to be particularly important. Um, And again, it's sort of a standard that can bring anxiety to people. They think, oh, my studio is such such a mess. I I, I must not really be into this. And I mean, I think think one of the reasons we chose this name was that it has various implications, I think. But one of them is... It's okay. It's okay to be messy. It's okay to be in that creative mess, that bit of chaos that comes with with a creative work that maybe you're not always thinking about cleaning up and it's whatever works for you. Yeah, absolutely. It you know, different people need different things from their studio space. Um, mm-hmm. you know, some people need things to be neat and orderly so that they can find what they need and 
And they, you know, they have this kind of effective workflow thing going on. And other people find that it's more effective to just, you know, and kind of embrace the chaos, you know, as long as you know where everything is, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe things are better, you know, when they're kind of... The, the things that you need regularly are going to kind of flow to like the arm's reach location, you know? That's true. <laughs> and, and the things that you don't use as often are going to be kind of pushed to the edges. And, you know, there, there is a kind of uh, order out of chaos that comes from a little bit of mess. There is. I mean, people look at my paint tubes, which are always grubby, to the point of I can't really see the label, like the color label on it. <laughs> but... Believe it or not, I, I know them. I know my tubes by the way they feel or where I put them down last or something. And most of the time I can reach out and take the one I want, even if to someone else it would look like every other one on the table. So I think you can find your own comfort level with all of that. And it actually kind of reminds me of a, a little story of from from the childhood of Ross. Oh, good. <laughs> if you don't the mind. The listeners love these. <laughs> Okay, so it's something I realized when you guys were little that you were messy with your toys, of course, most kids are. And there's So there might be on the floor at any one time, there might be pieces from a game and there might be some Legos and there might be some crayons or something, you know, like it's all mixed up together. And it's kind of similar in, you know, parents get a lot of advice too. And there'd be, there's a lot of things about organizing your kids' toys, making sure they pick up and all this kind of stuff. And one day it occurred to me as I looked at this uh, creative mess, really this chaos, I thought, and I, I saw you guys doing this. Sometimes you get ideas when things are not where they should be. And you might pick up a Lego and put it together with a, a piece from a board game and that would spark something and you'd start playing with it in a different way. So I think that was a, a kind of a moment of seeing into a, the creativity that can result from chaos and the associations you might make that would be different. So um, that's a bit of a, uh, advice for maybe for parents too. Is, you know, Let your kids be a little messy. It's really okay. Anyway, when I've gone through this list of sort of shoulds and should nots, it's really the whole point is to um, pay attention to yourself, to your inner needs, feed your own creative self with what it needs, and try not to get too hung up on advice in a very literal way. It's fine to listen to advice. Think about how can it fit with you? Can you can you take some of this advice and just change it up a little bit so that it so that it can work because when you try to change a habit we all know that's very difficult and i think starting from a point of what are my habits right now how can i improve them how can i make them work a little better for me is is a better place to start than i have to suddenly change everything and become anxious about it so that's kind of I guess I would say there are some helpful attitudes that I think are good in terms of habits and just making making your way through as an artist because it can be a stressful thing and it can be anxiety producing and lots of things. So I think um most of most of the things that bring us down have to do with being afraid of failure, being afraid of not making it, not being quite as good as other people. 
And we also perhaps don't realize or have a realistic idea of how much work it takes to become a successful artist or to to be doing work that you really like yourself. You need patience. You need a lot of time. Yeah, there's a kind of a a belief that um, you know, the people who make it, they just kind of have this this breakthrough moment and they kind of get mm-hmm. discovered or they have their, their you know, the thing that they make it big on. And what you don't see is the years and years of hard work that came before that moment where they weren't being making their becoming successful. You know, they were just slogging away for years and years. And, right. you know, eventually things kind of, you know, establish themselves and and there's a a little bit of momentum gained and then suddenly you know it looks like it's easy to become an overnight success or something you know but really it's 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 a a process that takes a lot of hard work and uh, a long period of time yeah I remember one of my my brothers said to me when I I was starting to have some success and everything and he says Something like, congratulations, after 25 years, you're an overnight success. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, taking the long view, realizing, be nice to yourself, because it's a long way. It's a hard thing to be an artist. And the more you create anxiety by trying to do everything perfectly according to a list of advice and so on, it can it can be it could just add to the stress of it. And I think I think we're often good at giving other people advice. Like if somebody came to you and they said, oh, I'm just not getting there. I'm a failure. Everything I do is wrong, et cetera, et cetera. Most of us would find it pretty easy to say, well, you know, come on, give yourself a break. Keep at it. You're doing fine. You just need to give it some more time, all that sort of thing. It's not hard to tell other people that stuff, but it can be hard to tell yourself that stuff. <laughs> And I think treating yourself as you would a friend in this way is is always something I come back to in my own mind if I get into a negative mindset is, what would I say to myself if I was saying these things out loud and to another person? What would, what, what would I want to hear from someone? And I tell that to myself. And it sounds kind of simplistic, but it's a, it's just kind of getting out of that rut that you can get into when things seem difficult. and. You know, you don't want to get too bogged down because that's another way that you can really quit working and quit seeing a way ahead. You know, it is a lot of hard work and it does take a long time. And sometimes that can be discouraging, you know, and I it's I mean, there's a a kind of I don't know who said it first, but there there's a a quotable quote that you can drive from uh, New York to San Diego at night and only seeing, you know, the next 20 yards in your headlights and mm. it's a lot easier than doing it in daylight, you know. If mm. uh, if you're just thinking about the next step or the next four steps, you know, if you have if you you have kind of long term goals and short term goals, and the short term goals are attainable, and the long term goals can be things that you have no idea how you're going to get there, right? You know, right. But to, but to be able to see the 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 short term and the long term, and just you know, focus on what I need to do in the next hour in the next four hours in the next four days mm-hmm. the next week and then also see like a five and ten year future ahead and and where you want to be at that point yeah I was I was thinking about setting goals when I, I was thinking about what are the things that work for me and I would I would say them kind of anecdotally it's not 
again, I don't want to advise people this is what you must do or anything, but setting goals has been part of my career looking back. And I, when I first started out, I think I had a lot more goals. I mean, I think it was because I had so many things I wanted to do that I had lists of goals, you know, and, and it, it, it really was, was helpful. Um, I think now I have fewer goals because I'm just more focused and I know, you know, a lot of things have been, I have achieved. And so it's become more just one or two things maybe that I'm thinking about, but it was definitely important early on. And one of the things that it showed me was that I wasn't ambitious enough because I would, I remember at one point I set a financial goal for myself, which at the time I wasn't selling very much work and I wasn't teaching and there wasn't much income from art. And I set a goal that I thought was really like, wow, if I could make that much money and it wasn't very much, (laughs) but if I could only do that, you know, I would, I would feel really good. So I set that as a financial goal. And within a few years, that goal was very modest. I mean, I had gone beyond it. And so what I realized from that was that my own goals for myself weren't very high and that I could, I could look beyond, I could look higher, I could reach further and that that would be helpful to me. So anyway, it's been a process figuring out or not really figuring out, but just working with goals and seeing what, uh, I think your need for them changes somewhat over time as you become more established in your habits and your, the way you do things. I think you need fewer specific goals because they've already, the things you're doing are sort of routine at some point. So again, finding what, what works for you, but I think, I think writing them down, I think really giving them some thought, talking uh, to someone that you trust about your goals is also good because you've got it out there, you know, you've said it, and they have responded, hopefully in a very supportive way. Uh, Don't want to tell your goals to somebody who's not going to be supportive. Well, and then there's somebody to hold you accountable. Well, true. Yeah. I mean, you you know, you don't want to say your goals to somebody who's going to go, are you kidding? You're not going to be able to do that. (laughs) But but somebody you know will be supportive. I think it's really good to talk about them. Um, So, I want to tell, just as we finish up here, because I know we're probably running out of time, a few of the things that are... Oh, we are way over our 30-minute time limit. Should I keep going? (laughs) Yeah, we might as well. Okay. I'll just run through some of the things that work for me. It's funny, because when I I floated this idea to you for a podcast episode, you were like, oh, I don't know if we can really fill a whole whole half hour with this, but... Oh, trust us to talk and talk. Okay. So so I just wanted to, I'll just run through a few of the things that work for me. Okay. And again, this is just anecdotal. This is, maybe you'll find them interesting. Maybe you won't, but please don't think I'm telling you what to do. Okay. So some of my own habits. Um, I, I've had a longstanding practice of trying to block out times for the studio. So in other words, if I have appointments, if I have errands, if I'm meeting friends, I try to keep that towards the end of the day so that the the most of the day is free. It doesn't mean I won't ever meet a friend for lunch or something, but in general that's that's kind of what I try to try to think of the day like. Um and um I I try to keep 
distractions out of the studio, like I don't have internet in my studio. Uh, sometimes I take my phone, but I don't get very many calls and I don't look at it really. It's just to keep track of the time or maybe take a photo. But I I really don't like to interact with media in any way other than having maybe some music going. The I mentioned I don't really have rituals and that's true for music. Sometimes it's quiet. Sometimes I have music and it could be a lot of different things. So I just uh, don't have very set habits as far as that goes. Um, and I I think if I, if I feel a resistance to going to the studio at all on a particular day, and this goes back to the idea of you don't have to be there every day, there are days when I think, today I'm just going to do something else. And I always have business stuff to do. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll do my business today and, and not try to go to the studio. And that and that I don't feel feel badly about this. Um, and I think just a, a bit of an aside about art business, and I think this is another whole podcast, but one of the shoulds we often read in these lists of advice is that, you know, you should always be on top of every aspect of your art business. And I just, I can't argue with that, but uh, probably the only people that actually can do that have assistance or they never sleep or something. So <laughs> I, you know, I, but I do set aside some time for art business and computer and, and try to address that so that it's not just hanging over me. And sometimes that's a day when I don't go to the studio. Uh, one of the things I do in the studio is I work in a variety of media. A lot of times I'll I'll have something else going along with my oil painting. And I find that this really helps me creatively. There's a lot of sort of cross-pollination that goes on. And um, I think the last thing I would say is that I I do a lot of introspective kind of things. And I you know, I I write in a journal. I make notes in a sketchbook. I I read, and I remember dreams, things like that. Sometimes I meditate, and all these things I think are they're personal habits, but I think they really keep the kind of the creativity going, even when I'm not painting. So they, I feel like they enhance what I do, and again just personal habits. So I think that pretty much covers it. Um, I'm sure there are more, but those are the ones that came to mind. So, Well, hopefully that was helpful for people, you know, to get uh, another perspective. You know, there's, like you say, there's a lot of this kind of stuff out there. Um, but uh, I, I always like to talk to people who I view as successful and uh, and see what they say about it, because there's a lot more people saying things than are actually doing them, <laughs> if that makes sense. It does, actually. You know? Yeah, and I mean, I think from experience, I feel like, hey, you know, just give yourself a break when you can. I mean, if I if I notice, the biggest thing I really notice about people that are worried about how they're doing and how, they're, how their career is going and everything is they're so hard on themselves and they're so... Um, you know, nothing is ever quite right. It's not quite good enough. And that really, you know, you don't need to spend energy beating yourself up about this kind of, if you're following all these great habits, just try to tune into what you need and try to do it as much as you can. And I guess that's that about sums up the last hour or whatever it's been. But uh, I, yeah. you know, but I think be it, the shining vision of yourself that you present on Facebook. <laughs>
<laughs> right. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, I hope that was helpful for some people. So thanks a lot for listening. Okay. Well, that wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Make sure to check out www.coldwaxbook.com and www.rebeccacroll.com. And sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Uh, the listeners sharing the show is what expands the show. Um, it's very important to us. And we try to make content that is entertaining and kind of universally applicable uh, no matter where you're coming from. Uh, so even if you think somebody might not really enjoy it, they're not really as, as into art as you are, uh, you know, play the show in the car with them and see if they connect with it. And now for the Messy Studios Bulletin Board. Mary Wood will present an exhibition of mixed media, collage, and painting called One Eye Sees, One Eye Feels from the 29th of March through April 30th at the Clue Bay Hotel Gallery, Westport, County Mayo, Ireland. Check out her work at www.mariewood.com. Also on the Messy Bulletin, Kai Harper Lee, featured in Messy Studio Podcast number 10, will be having an opening of her exhibit of paintings, titled Sueños, at 6 p.m. on April 12th at Sugar Nymphs Bistro in Penasco, New Mexico. All contact information from this week's Messy Bulletin will be available on the Messy Studio Facebook page, as well as in the description for this episode. If you would like your own bulletin posted, please contact us through the Messy Studio Facebook page. We do charge a small fee based on average number of downloads per episode. Currently, it's about $10. And while the show is growing, this is a great opportunity. These early shows will continue to be downloaded well into the future and will generate ongoing traffic to your website. Thanks for listening. We will be back again next week with more art and entertainment with a bit of sound advice. Until next time, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks for listening.